You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Astros, welcome off in game one. Jordan Alvarez. Are you kidding me? Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network. Welcome back, BetQL Daily, right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Wednesday. Yes, the call there from Brian Anderson on TBS. Alvarez, the home run to walk it off for the Astros. They're up 1-0 in the best of five. Let's talk some baseball. Sean Zerillo of the Action Network joining us on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix, a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. Sean, yesterday we had four game ones. Um, you know, not really cr- anything crazy. The Dodgers, you know, that win was pretty predictable. I, I think the Yankees winning behind Cole, people kind of thought that would happen. The other two games, that was really where the, the wildness happened. The Phillies steal game one. The Astros have a bad Verlander start. They still come back to them. Let's start with the Phillies and the Braves. Uh, Sean, the projections now, the, the odds say the Phillies are the favorite. Do your projections now put the Phillies the favorite to win after game one? Yeah, I have the Phillies at about 60% after game one. It is important to note, though, you know, if you're willing to sit around, have multiple books open, and just keep refreshing the pages after these games end, some of them do hang lines that are pretty, that have pretty big discrepancies relative to one another. Obviously, some books tend to copy lines from originators, but other books do attempt to make their own lines and actually saw a minus 105 pop up on the Philly series price on one book after game one. So I certainly fired at that. They took it down fairly quickly and moved it up to about minus 135 after. Actually, with the Dodgers last night after game one, somebody put up a minus 225. I'm sure that person definitely got reprimanded because that was up for a few minutes as well before it quickly adjusted to minus 450. So not bets that I'll track, not bets that I'll give out publicly, but if you are willing to do the work, willing to sacrifice some sleep and just keep refreshing those pages, you can definitely find some price discrepancies out there. But in terms of how I bet the series, I don't really see any any value on any of the series prices at the moment. I did find value on three of them before game one every series, except for the Padres and the Dodgers. But I would just go ahead for the Phillies game two to bet their first five money line. I like it down to about plus 107. It has moved in from plus 110. So maybe you get a better, if you wait before game time, Maybe the line comes a little bit back up. But I do like their full game line as well, down to about plus 120. I made those lines minus 101 for the first five innings and plus 110 for the full game. I don't mind the matchup for Wheeler here. Uh, You know, both teams are better, the Braves and the Phillies, against left-handed pitching. The Braves slightly better against righties than the Phillies are. But even looking at the pitch stats, the the pitch uh, types that both pitchers throw, it's fairly similar. The Braves do excel against fastballs. They're second against fastballs. 
the Phillies have decent splits against Kyle Wright's pitch types as well. They they excel against curveballs, which is was his most heavily used pitch this season. So just think the Phillies are still a little bit underrated here. They've played the Braves head all season. And if you want to look at maybe a series prop, just watching that game yesterday, I kind of felt like, hey, this is going to go five games. I project the Braves plus one and a half games around minus 130. That's about where you can get it. I don't mind Braves plus one and a half games as a look. I feel like this one's going to go to the distance. What about the Yankees-Guardian series or any of those teams that fell down 0-1 in the series? Uh, just you know, one quick look. Cleveland at least 3-1. to one. All of us expected Cole to win game number one. He had a nice performance there. Guardians were hanging tight throughout much of it. Uh, do you think Cleveland can come back? And if so, is this the day? This is the spot before game two. Yeah, I know, I know Joe G said, uh, you know, Guardians, uh, Yankees, and Dodgers, Padres kind of played out a little more smoothly. But if the Guardians get a base hit and that base is loaded situation, maybe that game plays out differently. And the Padres mm-hmm. really crawled themselves back into that game late as well. So it really just shows you how narrow the margins are. One hit in a big spot can sort of flip the entire game. I made the, uh, the Yankees minus 333 for the remainder of the series. So no value for me there. But I do love their game two line going with a lefty against Cleveland. The Guardians had very dramatic splits against righties as compared to lefties this season. They were 4% better than league average against righties, 11th overall, but they dropped to 27th against lefties and 16% below average. So a solid matchup here for Cortez against a team who doesn't hit lefties. The Yankees hit two times as many home runs as the Guardians did during the regular season, and the Guardians were last in isolated power against left-handed pitching. So we've seen the stats. We've all seen the stats for how the team who hits more home runs in a game performs in the postseason, winning it over an 80% clip over the last five years, if not even higher. The Yankees have a severe power advantage in this series. And on top of that, the Guardians are a team who like to hit singles, go first to third a lot, go first to home on doubles. Well, the Yankees are the number one defensive team in baseball. So I think it's going to be tough for the Guardians to score against them all series long. The Guardians also struggle against sinkers. And the Yankees have a bunch of sinkers that they can deploy out of that bullpen as well with guys like Lucharino. So, yeah, I, I think this is actually a tough series matchup for the Guardians. I think it's a very tough matchup for them in game two, going against Nestor Cortez. And I also think the public has fallen in love with Shane Bieber after what they got from him on national TV in game one, going against the Rays offense, which just did not have a plan, swinging constantly at his sliders and cutters outside of the zone. I expect the Yankees to be much more patient tomorrow to actually come up with a game plan and to make Bieber work and kind of spit at those those cutters and sliders that are going to be diving away from the zone. So really like the Yankees here for game two. Definitely like their first five line up to about minus 155 and their full game line to minus 140. Bigger edge for me, though, for the first five innings. Sean, let's talk about tonight uh, in the National League game with the, with the um, Dodgers and the Padres. It's Kershaw and it's Darvish. How do you see this game? Obviously, favorites, uh, pretty big favorites, the Dodgers tonight behind Kershaw. Darvish has pitched well, though. He's on, he's on a good run uh, the last you know few weeks to a month or so. What, what do you think tonight, Dodgers-Padres? Yeah, I feel like Darvish was always enigmatic throughout his career. He either got great starts or poor starts from him, but he was your quality starts leader this year, tied with Framer Valdez. But I still project the difference between the bullpen as being closer than the difference between the starting pitchers. I like Kershaw quite a bit here. Career 547 OPS allowed against these Padres hitters. The batter versus pitcher stats kind of say under, with both guys having success against these opposing offenses. But in terms of pitch splits, 
it actually would lean to an over. The Dodgers certainly in the better of the splits, number one offense against right-handed pitching this season. The Dodgers are certainly better against righties than they are against lefties. Darvish very heavy on his fastball sinker cutter usage. The Dodgers are number one against both fastballs and cutters this season, fastballs including both four-seam fastballs and sinkers in terms of that per-pitch analysis. They're also sixth against sliders, which is his main breaking pitch. So in terms of the pitch value stats, in terms of the handedness stats, Dodgers have very good splits, very favorable splits against Darvish. The Padres, though, against Kershaw should struggle against the fastball. They were a bottom 10 fastball offense this season. Fourth against sliders, 10th against curveballs. So maybe against the slower fastball, you would expect them to have success. But with the day, way Darvish sort of mixes his pitches, sets up that fastball, even at a reduced velocity compared to his prime, he's still able to have success with it. So I actually do like the Dodgers here up to about minus 188 for the first five innings. Betted at minus 165, currently sitting closer to minus 175. I would just reduce my unit sizing at that price range. Anything above minus 174 would risk a unit flat instead of laying the 1.75 to win the unit. But definitely like the Dodgers for the first five. And then again, I think it should tighten up in the later innings with these bullpen. Dodgers just have some question marks regarding how they're going to handle the late innings and how they're going to mix and match and go closer by committee. So. Definitely, with roles being undefined, it gives me slight pause, but I do think the Padres can sort of pitch with them in the late innings. Sean, we talked big picture with Philadelphia. What about this uh, this game, too? Is there anything you wanted to add about this afternoon, Phillies and Braves, and the other game, too, that we have not hit is tomorrow afternoon, Seattle and Houston. Yeah, for Seattle and Houston, there's no bet on that game for me currently. I should say, though, that you were on Alvarez home run was worth about 36% to their series win probability. I would have made Houston about 43% for the series if they had lost game one. And now I make them about 79% after winning game one. So I believe it was the largest uh, win probability added home run in postseason history because no team had ever hit a walk-off home run down multiple runs. I believe no team had ever hit a walk-off home run with two outs or later. In the, in the ninth inning or later. So certainly uh, a dramatic individual game home run, just in terms of how it swung the series probability, it was about 36% for me directly uh, in terms of flipping that game. But yeah, no bet on that game for me yet. The lines have sort of aligned with where I expected. The totals are fine for me as well. What I would say generally with regards to futures at this point, you know, before the playoffs started, you were able to shop around the market at multiple books and see some major price discrepancies on this show. I gave out the Phillies at 20 to one to win the NL pennant. They were sitting around plus 1200 plus 1400 at other books that plus 2000 just definitely stood out relative to other books. Now that you only have eight teams left and you have one game played for each of them in the divisional round, everybody sort of aligns on their pricing. So what I would say, if you're looking for value, in terms of futures, just go ahead with money line rollovers on the series prices instead of betting into the futures market. If you bet the Phillies right now at minus 135, for example, and then roll that over into an NLCS, you take that 2.3 units in terms of your profit and your initial risk, assuming they win, and then you're going to get at least plus. So, um, assuming he will be the starting to get you over 400 on a rollover, where in terms of just the futures price, at best, you're probably going to get about plus 325 or plus 350 right now. So I definitely think the rollover strategy at this point in the playoffs is going to be more profitable than just betting into the futures market individually. 
We're talking to Sean Zarillo of the Action Network here. MLB playoffs. We got two game twos today, two more tomorrow in the LDS. Um, earlier, Sean, we were discussing strikeout props, uh, and tonight Wheeler's at four and a half or five and a half, and Kyle Wright's at four and a half. Those numbers seemed a little bit low to us, and Joe brought up the idea of yeah, Kyle Wright probably gets there, but it's also a back against the wall game for Atlanta if he struggles early. Maybe he's out. Your thoughts on strikeout props and then kind of the spot of the series. The team is down. Maybe they don't have as much leash. Do you stay away from those? Because it, it looks enticing right four and a half. He's been, you know, four to five to six in that range almost every start this year. Your thoughts on that, how you play a strikeout prop in the playoffs, do you stay away because of the uncertainty of how managers will react? Yeah, I think with a team like the Braves, who their bullpen is going to be better than their starting pitcher because – particularly today with Kyle Wright, but I think in basically all their games, I project them as having a top three bullpen alongside the Guardians and the Dodgers. They're going to be more likely to have a quick hook, particularly with a day off tomorrow and down 0-1 already in this series. So our action laps projection has Kyle Wright right at five and a half. We would recommend it over. I would probably reduce that ever so slightly, and I'm sure Sabersim is probably lower as well. But with Zach Wheeler and relative to the Phillies bullpen, Wheeler is certainly a higher quality pitcher than what you would expect from anybody basically out of the Phillies bullpen. You do have the day off tomorrow, but I'm sure they will want to push Wheeler as far as they can for this game in particular. We have him projected at 6.7. So uh, my co-host on the Payoff Pitch Podcast, Colin Whitchurch, our baseball editor, he actually bet Zach Wheeler as his best bet on the over on strikeouts today. I would recommend taking the over 5.5 at plus money out there as opposed to the 4.5 mm-hmm. that's juiced up just because I think there's more value at that number with the plus money as opposed to the juice four and a half around minus 160. But Wheeler over strikeouts, I don't mind. It's something I'm going to look into personally. I know the Braves do whiff a decent amount. They're very aggressive in terms of swinging. They do not lay off pitches like a team like the Dodgers does. But I would expect Wright to have a quicker hook. Wheeler perhaps to have a longer leash. I know Saberson closer to that five and a half number. On Wheeler, they have Kyle Wright at 4.7. So definitely lower for both pitchers and Sabre Sam compared to our action labs projections. But based in terms of how I would expect these managers to aggressively pull them out of the game, I think Wheeler has a chance of going longer than Wright does. Sean, did you make any World Series MVP bets? And if not, that's fine too. But do you have any uh, any recommendations for just process-wise if you're going to bet into that market this early? Yeah, you certainly want to bet players who are going to have at-bats. Obviously, it's difficult to say who is going to get to the World Series at this point. Now, Jorge Soler at 40-1 to was the player I gave out, I believe, on this show last year, and he ended up hitting mm-hmm. because I expected him to lead off the majority of the game to the Braves, and that's exactly what he did and hit a couple of home runs and big spots that ended up getting him the award. You know, you just see guys who trended poorly during the regular season who have picked it up. In the playoffs, I think that's always something to look to. You see guys who have a baseline where they underperform during the regular season, and then there's sort of this reset button. Once you get to the playoffs, the weight is off, your stats have reset, and you've seen a guy like Nick Castellanos performing absolutely tremendously. And that's something that just was sort of at the top of my mind coming into the playoffs. Like, I don't know, Nick Castellanos got so much hate this season. Wouldn't it be funny if he had a huge playoff? And I said on our podcast today, it's actually reminded me of 2007 J.D. Drew, who hit that $70 million grand slam, <laughs> struggled throughout the regular season after getting that big contract, and then in the playoffs, 
did exactly what everybody was not expecting and performed well in order to get the Red Sox to the World Series. So guys who struggled during the regular season, maybe you see a price dip relative to what their true talent is. And I think Nick Castellano certainly outperforming expectations thus far in the postseason. You can find a 65 to 1 on him right now, World Series MVP. Thank you, Sean Zarilla, who was on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix, a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. Lightning bets next, right here on the Becky All Network.